It's about to go down with Mark and Kathy, a live coaching show about dropping ideas. Mark and Kathy coach and have conversations with brilliant idea creators who are reimagining the world through the expression of their words, thoughts, and actions. Hey, everybody. I am Kathy Armias. And I am Mark Williams, and welcome to It's About to Go Down. And the guest we've got today who's going to knock our socks off with an amazing idea. Uh, How do I explain it? The best way that I can introduce this gentleman right here is is by telling you about his superpower and his kryptonite. I love how you are described, Mr. Steven, as everything from spreadsheets to sneakers spreadsheets your superpower sneakers your kryptonite everything from spreadsheets to sneakers and everything in between a phenomenal individual who did an amazing you've got to watch this ted talk about oh i'll just say the word cheating but this ted talk is now about to balloon into a keynote And so we want to have this idea conversation today with you, Stephen, about this idea, what the TED Talk was about, and the audience that you now want to take your idea in front of. So, Stephen, take it away. Hey, thank you, Mark. Thank you, Kathy. Um, Great to be joining you all today. Um, You know, I'll I'll, I'll give you some small perspective on um, the journey of doing the the original TED Talk. Um, had a really great coach. She's here with us today, Kathy. Um, and we really wanted to focus on something that was super authentic to me. She really helped me land on, you know, the, the best speakers are people that are super authentic. They may have more ums than other people. They may pace around the stage. Um, but we all innately know when someone's being there hundred percent themselves and so that was that was really our, our focus and charge from, from from the jump um and for me that that's talking about business i, I love spreadsheets um i love community um i love being being part of building things um you know uh, i may not get excited when when someone you know raises 10 million dollars but i know the excitement when someone gets their first 10 dollar sale you know um and I'm, I'm constantly on a journey for more of those moments and so when we got together, the, the idea was really around small business is really the, the underpinning of, of, of our communities around, especially in the United States. Um, you know, cities that have uh, healthy small businesses also have healthy residents. Um, there's a tie. Um, Louisiana State University did a study that looked at the correlation between heart disease um, in communities and small business. And they found that cities that had healthy, healthy small businesses had healthy residents as well. And so something that's always been you know, really keen to me is, is how do we put those small businesses front and center? Um, I think we, we, take, we take for granted the role that small businesses play in our communities. Um, one of the examples I give in, in the TED Talk is, is you know, where, do we, where do we do our selfies? You know, we don't do our selfies at Target. We don't do them at Walmart. You, know, you, you do them at the local ice cream star, spot. You, know, you do it at Salt and Straw. Um, and so, you know, how do we, how do we lean in more? Not only the data piece, which you know I, I know to the end of the world, um, but also to the emotional side of things and how it makes us feel and how it's already ingrained into the the decisions that we make daily. And then, um, 
if, if I could do that, I could help people understand where the power's at. And I think the unique take is we sit back and we think, oh, you know, it's banks, it's investors that are the ones that have the power, um, as opposed to the bulk of the money that goes to yeah. businesses comes from us. It comes from us deciding where we're going to eat for lunch, where we're going to take, you know, our partner for dinner tonight. Um, that's the, the, the real money that's going out there into the world. And so I wanted to, to really help the, the people in the audience, the people watching the, uh, the talk understand like they're the ones that control. It's not something of, you know, let me wait for the right investor fund to get rolling or let me wait for BOA to update their website. Um, it's me, you know, I'm the one with the, the control. So. Like I said, this, this idea, and, and of course you had an amazing coach. Kathy is, is absolutely awesome. Um, I'm curious because this TED talk is all about ideas, right? Ideas that, you know, they're worth spreading. And yet now you're, you're moving in this realm of giving an aspirational or a motivational talk. So I think, you know, where we want to kind of direct this conversation to best help you is how do we turn a TED talk into a keynote? Yeah. Right, Kathy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or how do you take this, how do you take this talk and use the the TED talk as the basis, but then keep the the keynote be like that in the moment? It, it, I mean, this will be like a motivational, inspirational. You know, Stephen always talks. He's such a great small business advocate, but especially in the black community, you know, he he founded and runs uh, Pitch Black. It's a great event. They just it was just held recently and was like the biggest event um, that's ever been held. Right, Stephen? I, I just want to make sure I'm giving right. Correct. Yes. Okay. Um, and it, it was just front and center having black businesses, uh, a lot of businesses that are doing great things and great, you know, great business models. Some of the businesses were like up and running and some were in different phases. Um, and, you know, Stephen's space is always like, what's stopping people from supporting both small businesses, but especially black businesses. And so how can he take what he did in the Ted talk, which is really more of like a open audience, super general, how does he specifically motivate people in that moment, in that room, in that moment, you know? So I, I feel like, Mark, we're going to have to take some of the pieces, rip them apart a little bit, put them back together, <laughs> um, give them a good opening, give them a really good call to action and have that really inspirational thing in the room where people just feel like they have to do something. That's my thought. Steven, um, I know you're, you, you've been asked by a number of different groups to, to speak. And, and we wanna definitely find a way to take everything that Kathy said and, and make it applicable and, and universal to any audience. But if you could pick your own audience to share a, your message with, who would your ideal audience be? You know, whenever I'm, whenever I'm speaking, I guess the ideal audience is always the people that aren't able to go that day. And how am I able to equip the people that are in the room to be able to have the conversation at the water, the water tower, or, you know, the coffee at the coffee shop or at their house when they go home and they go and they say, wow, I heard the speaker and this is what he, what he talked about. And these are the takeaways that I had. 
how can I make sure that I'm able to show up in those moments? Because that's the audience that I really want to get to, because that's how things spread, right? If it's if it's just the people that are there and they're the ones that are energized and then it fizzles out from there, then I don't really feel like I did my job. And so I'm always thinking about whether it's putting on an event or doing a talk, like, okay, what's what's the conversation I want to have happening tonight when this person gets home or tomorrow when that person gets to work and they're seeing the coworker that wasn't able to go? What's the first thing I want them to bring up? Um, and how do I plant the seeds for that in, in the engagement that we're having today? So that's always my, my ideal audience, the people that aren't there. Ooh, I love that, by the way, Mark. Like, come on. I was like, come on. He thinks like a motivational speaker, right? <laughs> He's like, I don't care about y'all. I can't. <laughs> y'all I care are like, about who didn't show yeah, up. Yeah, like, exactly. He's like, I don't care about the, the couple hundred in the room. I care about all the people out. You know, one of the things that he said, though, that I love that, like, I, I, I think even a lot of speakers don't think that way, Mark. Though they don't go, oh, I really want to impact people, but they never really think about how to impact in the ripple effect. And mm-hmm. Stephen gets that. That's such a, that's such a great, and you know, I'm going to cheat a little bit now, Stephen, to use your word, <laughs> mm-hmm. a little cheater, a little hack. Of course, I think the first thing we need to come up with is a really good catchphrase. I mean, it's the quickest way. So first of all, I would definitely say like, what's that line that we can say that's, or that he can say, right? That we can come up with that's repeatable, that if somebody was explaining it to somebody else, that they would be able to just quickly say that line. And then everybody's like, oh, I get it. I totally get what you're saying, you know? And you know, the biggest challenge that, that you know, Stephen had when we were working on his TED talk was, is like all the, all of the things that you could say about small businesses at the time or buying from, you know, smaller businesses or black owned businesses had already been said, you know, like, and so it was, it was that unique way. And Stephen did a great job of delivering a a unique way to, to say it. And even a concept way of like, Hey, I'm not forcing you all to go and just buy, you know, only from small businesses, just, cheat on the big ones a little bit more, be intentional, search them out, find them, um, understand the connectivity in, in your own community, like what it's doing for your, uh, you know, people in the community. So how can we take that Mark? Like, where should we start? How can we take it? So Steven's going to get, give this talk. We won't say where we'll just, we'll, cause we'll just say he's going to give this talk. Right. And, and it's, this is not going to be the only time he gives this talk, but he's giving this talk. It's coming up soon as kind of a keynote talk, like, we need to start with like an opening. I think for instance, like I'm gonna let you talk Mark, but I like a good opening, right? How do we challenge the way people are thinking right out of the gate? Can I ask a question, Kathy? I think it's it's probably important for me, but I I hope it's important also for for listeners to understand what's the difference between a TED talk and a keynote? Mm, mm -hmm. And, and, And is there a different mindset that someone should be thinking about um, would it be a total shooting myself in the foot to just repeat the exact same talk uh, during a keynote? So yeah. I don't know if, I don't know the difference. So I would love to know, even if your listeners would not like to. <laughs> That's let's awesome question. Let's play a game, Mark. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Kathy loves the game. Steven, you better watch out. Kathy's going to have us playing games all night long. Oh no, it's going to be a game. game. All right, ready? And, and you're, you're included on this, Steven, but we'll let you go last because I just forced this game upon you. Let's play the game. Mark, what do you think is the difference between a TED Talk and a keynote? For me, a keynote, 
Well, first of all, a TED Talk is is about the idea, right? And it's about teaching something and and teaching a concept. Um, For me, the keynote is more about the the life journey, right? I, I find that a lot of times when we hear the keynote, it's about the story behind the idea. So if the TED Talk is the idea, the keynote is the story behind the idea. That's a, that's a good answer, Mark. I love that. Thank you. Thank you. you, you did great. <laughs> okay, I'll let you go last, Stephen, because you get to like, you get to weigh in on like what you think, because you're giving the talk, by the way. I, I would say yes, Mark. And I would also say, I wish more keynotes had more TED in them. Meaning, I think a lot of people come in the room to, to do exactly the opposite of what Stephen said to just motivate the people in the room, get people super excited, do all the techniques that are like rah, rah, you're feeling it, you feel all the feels, but then don't really cover the idea. Don't really talk to the audience. They talk too much about themselves and about their journey and their journey is important. Don't get me wrong, but I think they're, I think Ted, I think Ted talks to a better balance of like saying, Hey, Hey, I have this idea. This is where I came up, you know, up with the idea here's what you could do with it, which is also why I think we're seeing a lot of people that um, a lot of event planners, they're asking keynoters, Hey, have you given a Ted talk? Can you give it more Ted? Like, can you, you know, so I, that would be my answer. Steven, how about you? You (laughs) Yeah. So I, so in my mind, I I guess I think of a keynote as being something that happens around an event, right? So it's not something that happens in isolation and it is the billboard for the event mm-hmm. so yeah i don't get to choose everything for it so I'm, I'm doing all this research around what the conference is about and what's the theme for this year and all those things i believe need to be reflected in the keynote because it's supposed to be this i believe a, a distillation of what's going to be happening during the event or conference or whatever and so it feels very different than a ted talk which is about really teeing up an idea right yeah. um and so one feels very free and exposed and all the opportunities. Another one feels very much bound to like, hey, stick within these confines. Here's the area where you can really work. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Mark, everybody was right, right? Like, of course. Nobody's wrong here. Everything that was said is. So, how was this a game? How was this a game? Yeah. Did, I, did I win? Well, I just always, yeah, you won. You win. <laughs> Stephen win. You won out of the gate just for asking the question. <laughs> really, I, I seriously, on our shows lately, I, I, I always turn some stuff into a game. It's been my new thing. Let's play a game. Let's ask everybody the same question. Or, um, no, but I love this. I love that Stephen kind of brought us back to this. Because and Mark, here's what, what I was gonna here's what I was gonna prompt you on, is I feel like if we're taking all of the things that we just said, Stephen's right. I mean, it's a billboard for that. I mean, if you're being brought in to keynote for a particular conference or a certain association or a certain group or a school or whatever, right? Like there's a there's some kind of mind share that's there, and they have an agenda for what they want to do. So Stephen always has to like he he has to be the one that bends his his angle just to kind of fit there but not but he has to stay true to what he's saying so like or else he should tell them no (laughs) that's that's always a given Stephen right if it doesn't fit it doesn't fit you know but here's the thing right you have to bend a little bit or 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 adapt a little bit but at the end of the day 
they asked you. Yeah. It means yep. that there's something intriguing about your message. There's something intriguing about you that they think everybody wants to hear. So I don't think you have to change much. You just kind of have to, what's their theme and how do you match your message that you've already put together to that particular theme, right? Um, I know we said we weren't gonna talk about like the next talk you, you're doing, um, but I'd be curious at least what the theme is. Have, have, have you been told? No, not as of yet. Okay. <laughs> and so that happens so much, Mark. You know this, right? We we have event organizers where like sometimes the people are really organized and sometimes they're not. So we have to prep Stephen. Like Stephen has to be ready to go. And I think it's just having his bigger general, but it's still, so it's generally taking the TED Talk and generally turning it into a keynote or a motivational speech, which by the way, Stephen, every time you talk, you should be a motivational speaker. <laughs> Boom. Boom, Boom, right? Steven, what's, um, when you think about your TED Talk and when you think about your message, especially this whole idea, and by the way, I remember having a conversation with you and um, I'm trying to look through my notes, but it, it was something to the effect of big, I forgot, you said big was something and small is doable. Yeah. Right? Um, what's, this, what, what's your personal story behind that? Like, you know, what, what's your vulnerable story that you may have or may not have shared with audiences before that has inspired this message? Um, you know, both my, both my parents super involved in the community um, growing up. And I, I think one of the things they always told me and my, my four brothers was, you know, you, you got to show up. And it's, it's one thing to say that, it's another to live that out. And I'll give you an example of what you know, really motivates me. Um, back in 1986, there was uh, a school trip of high school students um, from Oregon Episcopal School that went up on Mount Hood, which is about an hour outside of Portland. And um, the party that went up there, uh, they went missing. And um, ultimately, half of the people that went up there didn't come back down alive. And the day that it was announced that they are missing on the mountain, I remember my dad came home from his job, his day job, which has nothing to do with, you know, mountains or anything. And he started packing his, his to-go bag, like he was going fishing or camping or something. And I was like, well, where are you, where are you going? And he was like, I'm going to the mountain. And, and I was like, well, why? We were supposed to hang out. We, we were supposed to do something. As the youngest of five, like I was always looking for an opportunity to hang out with my dad, right? And he simply said, like, in order for someone to be found, someone needs to be looking for them. Mm. And so if there's ever any chance of them getting found, someone's gotta be up there looking. And so I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go and do that. And you know, I always take that with me is it's, it's not about you know, being smart, having all the technical skills, it's about showing up, right? And I think similarly that, that goes to you know, how the, the genesis of, of Pitch Black happened. It, it happened because I could. Right. Like I could throw an event and celebrate 10 black founders, even if 20 people showed up, um, that's still better than, than nothing happening and, and showing up. And so um, that, that's really the thing that that motivates me. And I think as I've gone through my journey in the corporate world and the public sector, a lot of people, they think that, you know, they got to have big ideas and they got to use words like innovation. 
Um, but when you really break down the the big movements that have that have happened over the generations, they're actually really small things that when you look back over time, you're like, wow, like a million grains of sand really is a mountain. And you only see the mountain after it's made. You don't see it when it's grains of sand at a time, right? And you know, I, I wish I could have coffee with Dr. King and, and talk about you know the civil rights era. I'm sure he had no idea what what it was you know he was in his 30s he had a family um he just knew he needed to show up and he knew if not him who, who right um and he was he was flawed and making mistakes like we all do but at least he showed up and i think that's that's the biggest thing is um whether it's you know people missing on a mountain or supporting small businesses you got to start with showing up and lo and behold when you start adding up the numbers um those small people showing up each day are the thing that really make the difference. It's not the bank, it's not the innovative idea or crowdfunding platform. Um, it's those individual customers. Mark, wow. What a great question to ask to get such a phenomenal Nailed it. answer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Go get it, Mark. Go get it, Mark. Well, Mark, you just, you just like dug out of Steven, his opening, like that story would be an, for a keynote, Steven, that would be a great opening, such a great opening on so many levels on so, so many levels, a father and a son, uh, uh, you know, a father and a son in a community, like talking about community, people being missing, showing up. I mean, there's just so many great there's so there's something for everybody in that story. And it's just a story where you have to lean in. There's no way to not lean into that story. And, and I love the the unexpectability. That's not a word. I know I'm an English. Teacher. That's a good word. I like it. I like it. I like it. Um, <laughs> that part where you said your father said he was going to the mountain. I didn't see that coming. I did not see that coming. And that made the the, the message in the story so heartfelt yeah. right and then as the son who's like but dad yeah. but it's like but i understood it was like i was heart I, I i was hurt right but i learned so much from that and and i agree with kathy when she said this is your opening story and and i thought that because as you told it then you went into the genesis of pitch black you were on a roll. Oh, you like were you, on, like, you were already starting the keynote. Like just, I know, I was like, just take this a little bit recording and tell them you're going to do the opening via, you're just going to stand on the stage and you're going to watch yourself do the opening. <laughs> oh, That's no, so good though. You know, Stephen, I, um, people always want to know that why, and that's really important. Like lots of people do things and anytime we can hear the backstory and it wasn't just some happen chance, like, oh, I just, I think small businesses are great. I, you know, you really have a very, very powerful why connected to it. Oof, like that should be front and center out of the gate for sure. And it's, go ahead, go ahead, Kathy. No, I was, I'm sure Mark, I'm sure you can talk about it more than I can. Cause I've heard the other piece to it. I've never heard that story, but I know how well he can describe the small being doable and how much power there is in the small, but like this sets it up for like, there's no, I, I mean, there's no way somebody won't leave feeling motivated to do that given that connection and, and a couple other things that we can throw in along the way. 
I was going to ask you, I, I, I don't know. I, I just wrote this question down because um, I'm thinking about fast forward after the talk. So my wife wasn't there. My kids weren't there. And I listened to your talk. And right now I want to go home and ask them, how did you show up small today? Yeah, I, I had a question too, Mark. I, one that I wrote down, similar, same, same, but different, right? I wrote down who needs to be found because it tied to the story, right? He said, in order for somebody to be found, somebody needs to be looking for them. Or who do you need to look for or something? But I felt like who needs to be found because it directly correlates to the business. Yes. Yeah. And so maybe that's how you can pivot off the, the cheating you know, the concept of the cheating, which is really good. And you can still put it in there, but I would, I would make that a lower um, priority. And I would lift something up like that because that right there could, could be, you know, if you tie it to that opening story, then it's an easy, like who needs to be found. You could say that a couple of times throughout the talk. And at the end, you could eat, give a powerful call to action, which would be more along the lines of like, go find who needs to be found right now. And that, and that makes it simple too. It's like, okay, I need to find a business that I don't know about. That's, that's easy. I mean, easy and hard at the same time, you know, but it gives and, me and, a very and clear. I was going to say, and of course, and a small business to be found, yeah. right? Then that's the connection back to the TED Talk idea. And specifically a black owned business too. And, and, you know, Stephen, depending on where you're speaking, and this is always up to you, right? Like you could, you could keep going down this level of like, yeah, there's big businesses, there's small businesses, but then even within small businesses, there's black owned businesses and you could take it all the way down to that level, or you could leave it at the upper level of just small businesses if you want. But I feel as a, you know, as a black entrepreneur, as a black, you know, advocate, I think that you should, I feel like you should always take it down to that level, like go to that next level and even talk about why don't, why are, why aren't people buying from black businesses? Like what's stopping, yeah. you, what's stopping you from buying from a black business? Yeah. I, that's definitely one of the things I, I love doing in, in, in talks with groups is distilling it down to something that relates to one of their members. And so like I, I did a talk for the Oregon Economic Development Association a few years ago, and I knew the, who was on the board and what cities they were from around the state. And I identified a couple small businesses in each of those cities that they would know. And then I, I inserted those businesses throughout the talk, giving an example. So instead of just saying like a small business, I would say Kathy's coffee shop on the corner of 18th in Coos Bay, like a really obtuse off the wall thing, but someone in the audience was like, oh, like that's, that's my shop. Like that's, you know yeah. what I mean? So I think similarly, that's what I'm hearing from what you guys say is like, go and talk about, you know, a black bookstore like Fulton Street Books in Tulsa, Oklahoma, which is owned by a former teacher and it's a bookstore and a coffee shop. Um, and the owner is Onika and she's a former Teach for America alum, you know what I mean? So she knows about service. She knows about being in community. Um, she's also in a, in a, she's in a neighborhood named after the head of the KKK, right? Um, and so to, to establish a black business in a place that still carries that name is, is phenomenal. Ooh, I just got chills, Mark, like 
I got chills from the whole thing, Stephen. Like, Listen. like not only giving us that specificity of down to like the the business, but then talking about the owner and who they are, humanizing it, turning you know, saying this is who she is. Oh my gosh, yeah. that is so good. Now so I, I got a follow up question for you with that one, Stephen. It sounds like you. I mean, clearly you have done your homework and your research. Um, you know about the small businesses and the small black businesses. And I was wondering, part of it is, you know, cheating on the big business, right? And, and buying from a small business. But how do I look or, or what would it mean for me to not only buy, but for me to look for a black business to, to, to you know, to, to buy from? Because I don't know if everybody's always thinking about that. Like, it, it, you know, it's so much more proactive for me now to, I got to look for a small black business, you know? Yeah, yeah I think, you know, one of the things that, that I've come to realize over the last few years, you know, I'm, I'm an economist, you know, by training. And so data is my jam, right? Mm -hmm. But people don't really believe data. They believe stories and stories become data. And one of the things that really pivoted me was when I found out the data that there was 6,000 black businesses here in Oregon, it really evoked a fire in me of like, oh, wow, well, like I, I know a couple dozen, maybe a hundred, but I don't know, 6,000, like I need to get my game together versus I think other people tell themselves stories of, well, there's no black businesses. So I know that's that coffee or I know this other place, but there's really none. So I'm good. Right. But the second they find out, it evokes a new storytelling in their mind of like, oh, wow, I need to get my stuff together. Like 6,000, that's crazy. But if, if the data isn't in line with the stories that people tell themselves, it doesn't matter what the data is, right? Because those, those stories become those people's data for, for themselves. And so how do we have those conversations and also make it, make it approachable where people can understand the data, reframe stories in their head, and then get motivated and understand like, here's what I can do today right? Versus something really aspirational and like mm -hmm. touchy feely up in the skies. But like, where does that start? Like I got a dollar today. What do I do with that? Mm -hmm. Not aspirational, but actionable, right? Yeah. Yep. Well, so in, in this room, so I'm picturing him in the room, Mark, right? Think, mm -hmm. you know, bringing in wherever he goes, searching out those businesses talking about them, um, especially in a room full of people that might not know, like, I don't know, Stephen, I'm, I'm just thinking about this as a, as a technicality, but you might be in a room, right? Somewhere where most of the people aren't from there. Cause that might just be where the conference is at, but it doesn't matter wherever you're standing at, you're physically standing at, I, it's like, you're, it feels like you, if you brought something within a couple miles search of that location, while people are there, they could even practice it. Right. I just love the very specific, cause you're right. You know, I think Steven said it, Mark, we, <laughs> every speaker could be accused of this. Sometimes we get so high and pie in the sky kind of thing. We get all motivational, but it's not, it doesn't feel tangible. It doesn't feel specific. It doesn't feel, it just feels like, oh, I feel excited to go buy from, uh, you know, black owned businesses or small businesses, but, but my story in my head is, but I don't know any, or, you know, and so 
Stephen took another layer of a story and tells you about a black business, tells you about another black business, tells you, you know, you're hearing some stories. So I do think that is critical, Stephen, is to talk about very specific stories of, of businesses. And if they're not from the place where you're at, you know, you do a good job of, you know, so many businesses and how they started. You can easily uh, bring that in. I, I want to add to this. I think there's an opportunity here for you to not be the one that people go to when they want to learn about yes. businesses, yes. right? Because it's amazing. I'm sitting in the crowd and Steven just batting off this shop and that shop and yes. that shop and this shop. And I'm like, that. oh, I don't know any black businesses. Maybe I can uh, go to another Steven talk and find out about one. But what if, what if the conversation after the talk is about me now looking for the black business? Like to me, that's actionable. To me, that's like when I leave here right now, I want to search for a black business where I can get dinner tonight. I want to search for a black business where I want to buy a pair of headphones for my daughter. I want to search for that. I want to be actionable. I want to take your words and not just be inspired by your story, but I want to walk away and actually do something with that. And so I love the idea of you not only sharing all of these different places and all of these different stories, but empowering other people to find their own small black businesses and their own small businesses. And Stephen, if you want to be very specific, do this. Look at this. I, I, I got this down to that specific level. You could say, I'm going to tell you about two businesses. Now it's your job. Go find two more. And then, because then that can be very specific. Like I'm going to, I'm going to tell you, I did, a, I did five minutes of research. I'm going to tell you about two. You go find two more. Something like that would be really cool. Because I really love the space that, that you're getting in, Stephen, because a lot of speakers that start doing keynotes and motivational speeches can tend to get up too high and they don't get down into that very specific space. And so I love, I love this. I love that you're sitting in something that is very specific and not just, oh yeah, everybody should buy, you know, just really high to aspirational. It's actionable and aspirational at the same time. What do you think it's Steven? I love it. I'm just, I'm thinking about what the, what the CTA, what the call to action ultimately looks like. Um, and I think that'll take knowing a little bit more about my audience and like who's in the room and who's not in the room. Um, knowing a little bit more about what motivated them to be in the room. Like what's, what's a little bit about their, why they could, they could be sitting running their businesses or being with their family. They chose to be at this conference. Right. So, um, I feel like there's something there if I can hook into the why they came, what they were, you know, maybe hoping to come away from the conference with, um, and how can I plant that seed with this being the beginning of, of the conference? You know what I mean? Um, I also, I, I love leveraging social media to help things kind of grow. And I wonder about doing some sort of hashtag where it's like, I've told you about some businesses we all know some black businesses. We're, we're using that as an example. We all know some black businesses. I'd love to learn about two more. And I bet the people that I know back in Portland would love to know about two more. Can we all agree we're going to go and post and put the hashtag whatever 
so that we can learn about two more of these independent bookstores or whatever that we haven't heard of that we can then go and we can find ways to support them. But whether I have money or not, if I don't know they exist, there's no way that I can, I can support them. But I would think between all these people in this room, you can think of these businesses. You can go tomorrow and ask friends and family about other businesses if you don't know of any. And then we're all going to reconvene on Twitter or whatever, hashtag whatever. And I can't wait to see, you know, how many businesses we're all talking about at the end of this week. Whatever. Hashtag two more businesses. You're right. You're right. Ooh. Or just hashtag two more. Or keep them coming. Hashtag keep them coming. Like, yeah. Keep them coming. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I love that. I love I love hashtag two more. I was thinking that same thing. Two more, yeah. Keep that's, them coming. I like that. That's great. All right, I got a game, Kathy. Now I got a game. Okay, a game. Oh boy. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> because something that Stephen you said is well, it depends on the audience, right? So, Kathy, I, I'm challenging you to come up with an audience that <laughs> Stephen could speak in front of, right? Just to test the way he might shape this idea for that particular audience. And then I'll come up with one. Okay, awesome. In, in your job, Stephen is gonna have to, to go to some universal, like pick some of that stuff out of there, but I think get to the human, the human universal thing for any audience, but I like it, I like it. Okay, all right. I'm gonna pick an old audience that I spoke at. That'll be the easiest one, way to pick, a, to pick a really weird random thing. Okay, I spoke one time at an animal welfare conference. And so a lot of the vets that were there were small vets running independent, you know, uh, vet, they're not vet shops, but you know what I mean? Veterinarian <laughs> locations. Um, and some of them worked for big, bigger hospitals and big vet hospitals and, and whatnot. Some of them were very much for, uh, you know, pro keeping animals alive. And some of them were like, there was like a big divide. I remember that some people uh, were for like euthanizing animals that had come in. And so there was, there's kind of all these like pockets. So you've got, you've got this one conference, but lots of, lots of people coming in with, from different places. Okay. That's my audience. Do you want to give them yours first or you want them to talk on this first, Mark? This is your game. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, 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 you know, why don't you talk on it first? Restate how you want me to kind of think about the audience a little bit more for me. So you've already got this whole idea of hashtag two more and, and the whole idea of, of who needs to be found, right? So how do you, what, what do you say to this particular audience um, that ties in with your message? Call to action specifically, right? Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um... You know, I think with, with the with the TED Talk, it was much more about like supporting small businesses, right? So going and 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 buying them. Um, I I think with with this group that I'm speaking to, that that is mainly around independent bookstores um, around the country. Uh, one, it's it's not only about acknowledging that they're they're there and shining a light on them, um, but also I I hope helping people understand that they are already part of the backbone of the community. And so in supporting them, it's it's not, it's different. I, I think bookstores, and maybe it's because I'm in Portland where we've got Powell's, right? And New York's got Strand, like these beacons in the community, like Powell's is so much more than just a bookstore. Um, For sure. 
And, and so I know people are battling with Amazon, but there's always going to be a need for bookstores. There's always going to need to be a place where people can go and study, meet with friends, work on the tests that they're scared about, whatever. Um, and, and these folks are already serving that in the community. And so I, again, I need to do more research on who the audience actually is, but what I hope they're talking about with, with the people that they go and talk to after, after hearing me speak is like, we're already crushing it. Like we're already doing great things. Like just us being in existence is such a win for the community. Mm. And I'm jazzed about that versus languishing, waiting for Amazon to take us out kind of thing, right? Like, no, we are a vital part to this community. Like without us, things don't work the way they're supposed to work. Um, and if we can get them to, to understand that, then the, the idea of you know, going and spending time there and spending your money is, is really, really easy. But if I don't buy into like bookstores need to exist and everything can just go through my phone, then it just feels like it's not going to be something that's going to stick over time. Hmm. See, see, but he got to the heart. I, I think no matter what the audience is, Stephen, you really did a good job of just getting down to the, to the human thought. And so it, I, although I think the research always is any, anytime you can be prepped or research, it's always great. Of course, if an audience feels like you're talking specifically to them and not just like, Oh, hi, I'm showing up and I'm doing my Ted talk again, or I'm doing my talk, you know, of course, but I think all messages that really stick really well, get, get to some deep psychological human space, you know, and that won't change no matter what the audience is. You can paint stuff around that, but that's ultimately the core. Um, for the purposes of time, I'm not gonna give you my audience, um, but I am gonna say, when you, when you reference that everybody is a vital part of the community, to me, that also ties in with this whole idea of, you know, finding two more, finding two more vital members of the community, right? And also understanding that you are a vital member of the community. Um, so again, I agree with Kathy, like the, the, the message is there. And I often find when you're talking to different audiences and Kathy, I'm sure you've had this too, you can go and you can always go in with the same message. And, and, and sometimes there's just one reference that you might change as opposed to another. Like I'm, I, I was speaking to a group of architects and all I did is it was the same message, but I found this one quote that I've never used in a talk before that was so aligned with architects that it, it, it brought them in without having me to choose, uh, without having me to change my message. So I, I, I think that the small change is just finding out who that audience is, what, what's their general feel. And then you can always find something out there to just change that one little line to make it feel like, oh, Stephen came in here and was talking to me about this. <laughs> totally. You can also make commentary, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I definitely, though my, though I'm always trying to lay it out for the person that they're going to talk to the next day, I still want the person in the room to feel like this was made for me. Like yeah. this wasn't, no one else gets this speech. Yeah, yeah, we yeah, get yeah. This, We get this, right? Um, 
and, and so I think that's the the, the needle to, to thread there is to to make someone feel special and feel seen in the moment, while also imparting them with things to take with them to share with others. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think that's why I try and do my research so much because I'm I'm trying to serve in those those multiple roles. Um, I love the idea of a quote, Mark. I've, I've never used a quote in a, in a talk before, um, but you know, definitely a lot of poignancy in, in my own personal life. There's a couple of quotes that I that I just love, 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 and always come back to. Um, interesting. You could also do the commentary thing, Stephen. Right, where you, um, I love this because I also feel like this is a way that you can involve the audience in your in into your talk. I think many times people speakers speak at a wall, and there's like an invisible wall between you and the audience, and you're just speaking at a wall. And if you don't bring that wall down like they don't care. They're like, they can check out. But if I feel like you're really talking to me and it could just be this little comment, like I call it commentary where you might be talking and then you might go, well, you know, because you're independent bookstore. So you understand that you get blah, blah, blah. And then da, 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 and they're talking something like, yeah, but you get that because you understand that your biggest competitor is like one of the biggest companies in the world. And, you know, and so you're just making these little comments here and there of just like, yeah, well, you already know that. Like I used to do that a lot when I would talk about my, my marketing stuff as I like, oh, you get that. If you're in marketing, you know, somebody shut your ideas down. Somebody told you they were dumb. You've been afraid that like, you know, you have all these common things that you could say with whatever group it is. And so that's where I think Stephen, your brilliance in, in um, doing research will always help you, but in so many ways, it doesn't always have to be the same way. I, I have another game for Stephen because I'm sorry, Stephen. We've done more games with Stephen than we've done with everybody, right? But I love this one, and I think this will be really great for Stephen because I can already see this coming to together in my head. But Stephen, right now, if you had to give the talk tomorrow, tell me how you would kind of just just how you would piece it together. Like, let's just kind of talk about the foundation for a minute. You know, if you're going to open with that story, like, let's just talk through it. And it doesn't have to be polished right now. This is what we're doing. We're talking through it, right? right. Like, how, how right. do you see this keynote going? Um, I think I, I see it as like the first piece is that is that story piece, right? Like that that brings the people in, gets their attention. Um, and then I pivot to why the hell am I the one talking to you today? Like mm -hmm. there's eight billion people in the world that could be talking to you today. Why why is it me? And so, you know, some sort of legitimacy around how I ended up on that on that stage. Um, and then once once I get legitimized, then I tell them. A little, I, I think I go a little bit more into my why a little bit more. So like they got the story piece, but like, here's, here's why I get up every day and do the work that I do and why we started the company that we started. Um, and then segue that into, and we do this for the same reason you all are doing this, right? You know, so um, what I hope people here in our, our bold, um, bullish story of doing something the exact opposite the way the publishing industry would ever do it um, and succeeding is going to resonate with folks where they're like, yep, a lot of people told me I shouldn't start a bookstore. Bookstores are terrible. Amazon's going to take me out, but here I am running a bookstore for the last 10 years, whatever. Right. Um, and so I, I hope, you know, in, in that moment that is helping them understand that there's a, there's a we, we're part of the same tribe. Right. And so even though I'm from 3000 miles away, I get the plight of what mm. you're doing. I understand why you're coming to a conference to give your business in 
Tupelo, Mississippi, the best chance of succeeding, you know, possible, right? Um, and then dropping into some tactical things. And then, um, you know, as I, as I do some tactical things, you know, Kathy already knows this about me. I love my data. I love my metrics. I love, you know, going into the weeds there. Not a lot of stories, not a lot of humor. Um, but I, I will, you know, get you with the technical stuff of like how to do something. I got you. I got you. Um, and so do some tactical stuff and then slowly arc it back to looking for books and the story, right? And then end on coming back to that call to action of you know, who are who are you looking for? Who mm. needs you to be looking for them, right? Um, and, and and weaving something in there around. There's something about physical books, right? Like someone, you know, people have been, been able to buy digital books all this time, but there's a reason why physical books still exist, and we see it whenever we give someone our books, like. Um, we're fundraising right now and the number one thing I do along with our deck for our investment is give people books because once they have the books in their hand it, it changes things and the same thing happens with our authors it's like we're writing a book and you can see all the pictures but once they're holding the book in their hands it's a game changer right and I think bookstore owners and independent publishers they know the power of that and they're they're seeking to to get their fix every time that moment happens, whether it's with an adult or a child or someone who just learned how to read, whatever, they know that that fix is coming. And this same thing happens for me with small businesses. Like I'm not looking for the next million dollar deal. I'm looking for the next person to go from like their something they had an idea in their kitchen to like mm. some stranger spending money with them that they'll never talk to again. And it's like, I'm giving you money for this idea that you had in your kitchen. Like, wow. Oof. So validating. So, yeah, right, Mark? Yeah. I know. So good. You just outlined the whole talk. I know he did. I wrote the whole thing out. I literally wrote the whole I thing. I had a good out. coach. I had a good coach. I had a good coach. <laughs> oh my God. So good. The, the only thing I thought he needed to do, Mark, is make sure that it's very clear to get the right after the story with your dad, Stephen, to make sure that you get that. Um, to really tie it to the concept before you drop it later. You don't want the first time you really drop that to be much later. You really need to tie it to the concept, you know, right away. So I would do that as quickly as you can, you know, maybe you're doing it in the, cause the next part is like, why me out of all the people, you know, why me? Well, maybe you could tie it in there and be like, one thing I've been good at is just going out and I, I knew six businesses while well, I found 600 more. Like I'm really good at that. I'm really good at finding the businesses because that you really are like, that's legitimately what you're good at. And so maybe that could be, you could tie it right in there with the why me. I don't know, Mark, what do you think? Yeah, no, I love that. I love that. He, he said it. He took the <laughs> words right out of my mouth. <laughs> well, and I think also, you know, Kathy, you, I mean, you you helped me with that structure with the TED Talk as well. Cause like when you heard about cheating, it wasn't at the end. You heard about that at the beginning as well. You just didn't have context. Just, yeah. But yeah. you heard like I told people I'm gonna I'm gonna ask them to cheat. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um and like and then I just left it, right? And went on to something else. But yeah. like I planted that seed of like, hey, I'm gonna ask you guys to cheat today. Yeah. And then he came so, back to it and then it was like the good reveal. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Definitely. Yeah. So even if you find a way to, you know, I always think it's good. I think sometimes people try to shove a call to action in the last minute of an, a 45 minute talk. And then the last minute, minute 45 is like, blah, 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 do all these things, you know, <laughs> right, Mark? <laughs> yes, 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 yes. And, 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 and the nugget has to be right up front. And I love that question at the beginning of the TED talk. And, and, and I agree something like that right at the beginning, just gets everybody to lean in, lean in and look. Um, and at the end of the day, that's what they're going to do at the beginning. That's what they're going to do at the end. This is awesome. I just love how you outlined that whole talk after, you know, we've been talking for, you know, for like the last hour or so um, for you to be able to outline it was, was, was for me was super awesome. <laughs> yeah, 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 I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Yeah. So, OK. I'm going to wrap it up here then. Cause we did a really great, like, it's like, we talked through so many good things and I loved some of the things that Steven pulled out, but I'm going to, of course, ask you, Steven, this is always the question that we ask people since we started talking, what's changed for you? Well, how's the idea changed? How's like, I, what, what's kind of changed for you? What's on your mind? What's bubbling? I, I think one, I do know, you know, um, some definitions for why a, a Ted talk is different than a, a keynote. Um, and how to kind of lay in the plane there. Um, and, and I love, you know, I keep coming back to the word journey in my mind, right? Like I'm, I'm taking people on a journey. I always try and think about from the standpoint of, you know, I want to be doing something with somebody, not to somebody, right? Mm -hmm. Like with implies that there's a relationship and that we're both opting in to do something together versus doing something to someone like they don't have any ownership or agency inside of that. And a journey is something you do with someone, right? There's never, you would never say, I did a journey to someone. Like the, yeah. that doesn't, doesn't make sense, right? You can't journey to someone, like, you know what I mean? Yep. Um, and so how can I know the audience, do something with them, take them along this journey um, that asks them and, 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 and leaves them in a, in a spot towards the end where they feel empowered to, to, to move forward and, and really dig into the remainder of the conference as I'm kicking it off. Mm. I love that. I love that. I love that because you laid out the journey, right, Mark? Right. I mean, we asked the question and you really laid out this journey and it's just really great. And one of the things that I loved about the journey too, is you started off with the story with your dad and then you said, why you, but then it's like you said, why then? Like you put it on them immediately too, which I loved too. I'm doing this for the same reason you are. You kind of tied them into it. So you did make it a journey immediately. I love that. I love that. Ooh. Um, you know, Stephen, in closing, I one of the things I want to say to you, but especially for the audience is like, you know, this is always a process. You know that you've been through it. You're really one of the best people I've ever worked with. And that's because you are willing to do the work and the research and take the time to do the process. And, um, and I love that. So you're very, very thoughtful, but anybody watching too, I want them to understand, like, this is a process. Like you'll think of so many things, like it's not over. It's not like, whoop, all right, done. It's over. Um, and so just knowing that even putting this together is a journey. In a process and so and as with any journey you should do it with other people 
There you go. There you go. So we are glad that you did this with us today. Um, Stephen, how would, if somebody wanted to find out about the work you're doing, you're doing so many things. What, what's the best central hub to find Stephen Green? Uh, I am uh, at PDX Stephen G on both Instagram and Twitter. And that's PDX S-T-E-P-H-E-N-G. Um, you can also find out about the work that I do with uh, as a COO of a kid's company about at um, www.akidsco.com. Ooh, got to check that out. A, a company, uh, a kid's book about many things, including racism and war, one that just came out, uh, disability, uh, public speaking, uh, just over 70 titles, like, like- 70 titles. We got a podcast network with over 10 shows already. Um, we launched our own app and, you know, we're trying to help kids and the adults in their life have the most important conversations that they'll ever have. Hashtag keep it coming. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) A black owned business right there. Right. Hashtag one more. (laughs) (laughs) Keep them coming. Awesome. All right. Well, for Mark and I, you can uh, find us at it's about to go down show.com. And if you want to be on the show, fill out our form, or if you know somebody like, you know, another small business or somebody that has a great idea, keeping with Steven's theme, uh, reach out to us and tell us we have amazing people doing amazing things. And we're just trying to help people through their idea journey. So, um, thank you, Steven. Thank you, Mark. Um, another amazing, uh, episode of it's about to go down.